Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I appreciate all of the new listeners. I get some uh, feedback from people and positive comments. So thank you very much for that and welcome. My name is Patty. The shop is Herbs to Your Health. We're in Greensburg, 106 South Pennsylvania Avenue. If you would like to visit, our website is www.herbstoyourhealth.net and our phone number is 724-836-7440. I noticed in the past week, well, I've really actually noticed this before previously, However, in the past week, it's really becoming evident that beliefs and mindset are critical for growing old without aging and or aging gracefully without ailments and pain and adding healthy years to your life and healthy life to your years. Here's an example. person saying, I had herniated discs in my low back, they got better, they healed, versus the person who says, I have a herniated disc in my back, I get a shot every six months for it, for the past seven years. So you're telling me it didn't heal? So that's the beliefs and mindset. I would examine what your beliefs are. That's all I'm saying there. Um, It's really um, staying motivated. And I read a story about a man named Ralph Cornell um, who consistently works on his health Um, I call it the mindless focus of habitual discipline. That kind of came to me one morning when I was just halfway through taking all of my supplements and then I said, wait a second, I think I was still sleeping. I wasn't, but you know, you can, it's mindless focus of habitual discipline. So when you build up those habits, you just go and do them. So Ralph was a happy centenarian from the heartland town of Massillon, Ohio. He lived to be 104. He was unfailingly optimistic. Even during his last months, he was motivated to plan diet and lifestyle changes with the hope of living to 112, the age of Ohio's oldest person at that time. He had a deep passion for living. Uh, This is a characteristic of people who maintain their motivation to optimize health when they are advanced in age. He didn't have a scientific or medical background as many of us kind of don't, but you can figure out a way to feel better, to you know your body well. Um, He practiced something called Hara Hachi Bu, a Japanese phrase meaning eat until you're 80% full. Um, It was developed by Okinawans who stopped eating when they began to feel full. I think 
that's kind of an intuitive thing. Like, don't eat until you're full because then it's too late. <laughs> you're way too full. Um, <clears throat> eating right doesn't have to be a chore. So you can make your healthy foods irresistible by being motivated to look forward to the taste treats that the meal provides. So not eating the same things all the time, I, I know that's kind of a default, um, what we like, but we can vary, you know, interesting taste and textures which is important for a healthy gut microbiota. Um, <clears throat> so it's vital to stay motivated. We, oh, Ralph, by the way, was a real estate agent. He was the oldest real estate agent who still practiced um, well into his mid to late 90s. And um, so, you know, figure, make your body your science experiment. Uh, <clears throat> okay, what else can we can use? Vitamin uh, K, vitamin K2. It's a good reason to take cardio assurance and krill oil because of the vitamin K2. Low vitamin K status raises mortality risk and higher intake of vitamin K2 lowers coronary heart disease risks. That was from the British Medical Journal. Lower vitamin K levels are linked to fracture risk, and um, vitamin K helps reduce risk of type 2 diabetes, and it helps with better cognition in older adults. So our cardio assurance is back, as you know, and our K2, which has always been here, we take those rather than taking any kind of drugs because contrary to what you've heard, there's no such thing as good or bad cholesterol. When I hear people say, my doctor says my good cholesterol is good, but my bad cholesterol is bad. <laughs> Honestly, it's, Cholesterol is a natural part of our bodies until, and until everyone understands it's not, uh, it's not broken at all, they're never gonna get it right. You know, the pharmaceutical companies, we, if you are taking drugs, you have uh, helped them make billions of dollars from, well, one of them is their statin drugs, cholesterol-lowering statin drugs. And then, have you seen um, the Cheerios commercials that they say they're heart healthy and low cholesterol? Yeah, I wouldn't be eating that. Um, they say you need to lower cholesterol to protect your heart, but cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. Study after study proves that going back to the early 90s, so what's that, 30 years ago? In fact, the more cholesterol you have, the better your life will be. Cholesterol is the mother of your most important hormones, the ones that keep you smart, sexy, happy, strong, and mobile. Cholesterol is a waxy, fat-like molecule that's made in our livers and consumed through the foods we eat. 
Actually, you don't raise your cholesterol by eating eggs. Speaking of the foods you eat, um, that's a good thing to eat. It has the yellow part of the egg, or people say I eat egg whites, so I don't raise my cholesterol. Ridiculous. Cholesterol enables our livers to synthesize hormones, vitamins, acids that are utterly essential to a happy and healthy life. Cholesterol is the part of your body that gives life its gusto. Your brain is made of it. Your adrenal hormones are made of it. Uh, things like estrogen, progesterone, testosterone are made of it. Your body can't digest fat without it. Your cell walls are made of it. And the body can't produce vitamin D without it. Cholesterol also protects every nerve in your body. It's essential for remaining vibrant and independent through life. You know, when they say the bad LDL and the good HDL, um, they're not actually cholesterol because cholesterol isn't water soluble. It has to travel through your bloodstream in little packages called lipoproteins. Um, which the, so they are low density lipoproteins and high density lipoproteins. LDL is present in plaque buildup in your arteries. That's why it's called bad cholesterol. Cardiologists like to measure your bad cholesterol and assess your risk of a developing heart disease, but they couldn't be more off target. There has been uh, a study ongoing since the 1940s the Framingham Heart Study. It's the largest study ever conducted in the history of humans. And it couldn't link cholesterol with heart attack risk even when it tried. Um, low cholesterol is basically worse for you than high cholesterol. So by consuming low cholesterol foods and taking cholesterol busting medications, you're inhibiting your liver from producing one of your body's vital substances. Even worse, you're destroying a part of your body that's there to protect you from heart disease. So, I, you know, I'm not a numbers person. Like when people say, you know, my cholesterol, uh, I have to get that down. It's, it's 240. I say it's normal. Normal cholesterol, 208 to 242. I don't even care if it's in the 300s. Seriously, that's just mean that's an indication that you have inflammation in your body. So cholesterol is only guilty by association. It's the inflammation that damages your blood vessel walls. Um, omegas really help us, DHA. The DHA in omega-3 essential fatty acids has been shown to supercharge your cholesterol and it lowers your body's risk of having any cardiac event by 79%. DHA also reduces inflammation and is especially important for repairing damage to your blood vessels. Um, <clears throat> so there was a, uh, I read these studies, you know, <laughs> and, um, this was one with our tax dollars. Is this the one with the tax dollars? Okay, anyway. Uh, scientists successfully minimized artery narrowing plaque 
and published their findings in the National Academy of Sciences. Um, they, they boosted CMA, it's called chaperone-mediated autophagy. It's a cellular housekeeping process discovered in 1993 and renamed in 2000. It protects against atherosclerosis um, and progresses when the, the autophagy um, declines, something that happens when people get older. That's the quote. Okay, so they, um, the bottom line is that they developed drug compounds that have shown promise for safely and effectively increasing CMA activity in um, tissues and cells. And they filed intellectual property on the technology. Okay, here's what I would like to tell these scientists. Your body does it naturally. So if you take supplements, and I'm thinking of uh, stem cell and biophysitin, forscolin, um, food enzymes, protease, I mean, I could probably name you 50 things that would do what they are developing a drug to do. How about vitamin C? Um, contrary to popular belief, you do not get vitamin C from the sun. You get vitamin D3 from the sun. Um, people say, well, I work out in my garden, I get a lot, enough vitamin C. How? How do you do that? Anyway, um, <clears throat> vitamin C is one of the most critical nutrients for overall health and has many often overlooked benefits. We associate it with a strong immune system, which it is very powerful for. <clears throat> um, but as we know, it's a water-soluble vitamin. It's considered an essential nutrient because we don't produce it. That means it, you, we need to be consuming it regularly because it's, it leaves the body you know, pretty quickly. Uh, our vitamin C, one of our vitamin C's here is six hour time release. So we take it every six hours approximately. <clears throat> Honestly, there are too many functions of vitamin C to name all of them, but let me just give you some highlights. Bone, skin, blood vessel, immune health, uh, produces collagen, neurotransmitters, and the amino acid derivative L-carnitine. So it plays a role in skin and tissue health, that's the collagen, brain health, which is the neurotransmitters, and energy production. So, you know, if you don't get enough vitamin C, you get scurvy. Um, but I've also heard heart disease and diabetes being called some type of scurvy, meaning vitamin C would probably eliminate those. Um, people don't realize they're low in vitamin C because the symptoms are very general. It's very hard to overdo it with this vitamin. As we know, it's vital for many functions in the body. It's a potent antioxidant. The incredible importance of antioxidants for health is firmly established through 
science. You know, when people say follow the science, go ahead, follow it. It'll lead you to herbs to your health. Well, it'll lead you to supplements, and we hope it leads you to herbs to your health. Anyway, antioxidants protect against free radical damage, which is which occurs at the cellular level and is linked to inflammation and many chronic diseases. It reduces your risk of heart disease. Um, it helps blood vessels relax. That's beneficial for people with high blood pressure. And as far as brain health goes, research has made it clear that a deficiency of vitamin C may significantly impair cognitive function. It's necessary for wound healing. Um, you know, when people show me something that they, like a bruise they've had for weeks or a cut or something, I mean, to me, that would be a nice little wake-up call that you need some more vitamin C. So, uh, at, I, if, if you're getting any kind of surgery, which I think is barbaric, by the way, just my opinion but they have so many TV shows on about surgery that it's hope, I mean, it's what I think what they're hoping for is that it desensitizes people. So then they'll go for surgeries. Um, so turn the TV off or watch something else on TV or movies. You can watch movies with no commercials, you know where. Vitamin C boosts iron absorption, uh, helps prevent anemia. A woman was in yesterday, youngish woman. She has a seven-year-old child. She said, I went through all these tests and I don't know, they don't know what's wrong with me. Um, they gave me iron pills and all the iron pills did was constipate me. Well, they found that she was anemic so, um, <clears throat> you know, she was very low in vitamin C and B vitamins and liquid chlorophyll and B12 complete and vitamin C. And I think she's going to feel great. I would love to see her take a whole program. She, you know, when I tell people this is your program, they say, well, which, which one of these will, will do everything? We don't know such thing exists. No such thing exists. We take a program and uh, we do it with the mindless um, focus of habitual discipline. So this was the study with our tax dollars at work. It was funded by the National Institutes of Health. So what they did, they, it has to do with the lungs and breathing and I don't know what the institute, oh, Harvard University, yeah, new research from Harvard University. Um, <clears throat> so they say that the average person will take more than 600 million breaths over the course of their life. Every breath stretches the lungs tissues with each inhale and relaxes them with each exhale. The mere motions of breathing are known to influence the vital functions of the lungs, including the maintenance of healthy tissue. 
Uh, so this research from Harvard University has revealed that this constant pattern of stretching and relaxing generates immune responses against viruses such as COVID-19. So if we had to have a study to tell us that, um, <clears throat> honestly, but you know, they're, they're looking for a drug, yep. Um, or they found a drug and they added it to an antiviral drug, whatever. But I say what their um, message is that robust breathing is something we can all do throughout any season to promote good health. Yeah, that's, that's a very good message, but you can do that without drugs. You know, the deep breathing, it has been described to me as the square breathing technique. So you pick a count, five, seven, if I'm really feeling ambitious, I'll pick a count of a slow count of 10. So you see in your mind that you're gonna make a square. You breathe in, count to, to let's say seven. You hold it, so you make the first line of the square horizontal then you make a vertical line and you hold it to the same count and then you make the parallel line to the top third part of the square you breathe out and then you stop and don't breathe at all until you come to the make the finish the square and then you start again so when i investigating investigated breathing techniques in the 90s um, I don't know how many hundreds I found, but this was a this is a good one that you can do anytime. And as we all know, breathing is the remedy for anxiety. So if you feel anxious, just excuse yourself for a minute and focus on your breathing. Um, <clears throat> so I recently spoke with a 79-year-old woman who said arthritis has chewed up, and she used that those actual words, my hips and knees and feet. Um, she only talks about awful things from the past, uh, even though I... Every time I talk to this woman, God love her, I steer the conversation toward good and healing. She just always wants to take it back to her life and how dismal it has been and how many opportunities she missed. Anyway, here's what I think. You should only talk about it if the talking will make you feel better. It is of no value ever to activate and talk about something that doesn't feel good because it reactivates it in your vibration. Um, it, when you focus on the problems, whether they're yours or others, you diminish your ability to, diminishes my ability to help them. It diminishes your ability to help yourself. A lot of people say, you know, the ones who do therapy, they, they believe they have to focus on the problem in order to find a solution. But here's what I think. In that level of consciousness, it's not inspired. You're not going to see a solution. You'll never recognize it even if you do see it. 
from the place of focusing on the problem. Those are entirely two different vibrations. So um, I say we count our blessings, you know, what's going right in your life. Let that be your focus and then you will achieve vibrational harmony with something other than the problem. You might get the solution. Moving on, uh, yeah, we really need trace minerals. So, a gentleman with debilitating arthritis, skeletal strength, joint support, ionic minerals, herbal CA, HSNW. So, those, um, they are all, <clears throat> I want to call them trace mineral sup supplements. He says he's cured. The importance of trace minerals wasn't discovered until like the past, the latter half of the 20th century. So there's still a lot of research going on. Much of it is unknown. Um, <clears throat> herbal trace minerals, dandelion, kelp, and alfalfa. Alfalfa sends roots deep into the earth, 40 feet, so it's a rich source of trace minerals. If you're trying to replenish your trace minerals, I would take probably 12 capsules a day of um, herbal trace minerals or just alfalfa. Seaweeds are good because ocean water contains all trace minerals. Horsetail, oat straw, stinging nettle. So HSNW is a trace mineral formula that makes nutrition available to the cells. It acts as a transport of a lot of other minerals. It builds neurotransmitters and hormones. It's good for the parathyroid. It's good for nerves. It's good for the um, gut, the HPA axis. That's the hypothalamus, pituitary adrenals. Good for the thyroid. Then we have herbal CA, which has alfalfa, nettles, red raspberry, horsetail, oat straw. It's a great source of trace minerals, which are, they are bioavailable minerals from plants. HSNW is good for regaining hair, seriously. Another, so if you take um, ionic minerals, the liquid ionic minerals, you're going to get minerals like boron. Um, it affects the way the body handles all the other minerals, such as calcium, phosphorus, and magnesium. It's necessary for bone development. It builds connective tissue. It's antioxidant. It's best when taken with vitamins D, 3, C, and other minerals. Hey, that's a great idea. Uh, <clears throat> it helps postmenopausal women. The next one is chromium. <clears throat> the recommended daily requirement of chromium is ridiculously low, but it also helps with uh, polycystic ovarian disease or whatever that's called, PCOS mood disorders, anxiety, depression, psoriasis, cardiovascular disease. So if you eat a healthy plant-based diet, you might be getting it and you might not be, um, <clears throat> but it balances blood glucose, 
Copper is used to keep the body tissues elastic and flexible. It aids utilization of iron and hemoglobin. It's good for connective tissue, the myelin sheath, adrenal and thyroid hormone production. Um, <clears throat> sodium copper chlorophyllin is a good way to supplement copper, which is chlorophyll. It's also, as I said, in ionic minerals. You know, instead of Red Bull, drink chlorophyll. I know um, herb shops and supplement stores sell Red Bull, but that's something you would get in the, uh, whatever it is, the fast food mini mart. There's nothing healthy about it. Drink chlorophyll. If you're deficient, it can cause joint problems, loss of elasticity in blood vessels, uh, varicose veins is it so copper and zinc have to be balanced just take a program iodine is another one it's not just the thyroid that it's needed for the breast the uterus the prostate the adrenals the immune system iron must be balanced with selenium um, and, and <clears throat> it disinfects it replaces the bad halogens then we have lithium, which is a naturally occurring trace mineral. Do you know it used to be in 7-Up? So it uh, increases DHA in the brain, or you could just take DHA. Manganese is, a, is good for connective tissue health. So skeletal strength. Oh, by the way, red raspberry leaf is extremely high in manganese. Skeletal strength is has a lot of those trace minerals, and it's wonderful to take. It's very, very healing. Selenium, as we know, is an essential trace mineral. It works as a cofactor in the immune system with glutathione. It boosts the immune system. It's antibacterial, antiparasitic. It works with vitamin E. That's why we take it with vitamin E. And uh, finally, I see I'm going over my time, but hey, nobody's timing me. How do you boost testosterone? Well, here's what you avoid. This is for, for the gentlemen in the listening audience. Uh, avoid statin drugs. Um, very bad with it. Statin drugs contribute to over 200 different adverse health effects, including lowering t testosterone in men. Bisphenol A, it's an endocrine um, disruptor. It's found in soft plastic bottles, plastics basically, but the soft plastic bottles that people drink water out of Phthalates um, is another plasticizer. It's found in pharmaceuticals. It's been found to suppress testosterone production. Parabens, another ubiquitous petrochemical found as a preservative in a wide range of products, but especially cosmetics and body care products. It disrupts testosterone levels. Glyphosate, uh, virtually everywhere in agriculture. So avoid those, but, but here's what to, um, what will help. Zinc, zinc deficiency 
in, uh, suppresses testosterone levels. So the optimal level of zinc is uh, four of them. I think, I don't know what the, milli I think probably like 200 milligrams or something like that. Vitamin C, it's an, it optimizes testosterone. Magnesium levels are strongly and independently associated with testosterone and IGF-1. Uh, we used to have an IGF-1 spray. We don't have it anymore. Take magnesium. Saw palmetto and astaxanthin. Um, astaxanthin is found in many things such as um, perfect eyes and krill oil and phosphatidylserine, which is a cell membrane component. Um, where can we find that in brain protex? Okay, thank you very much for listening. I hope you found some in useful information in today's podcast. Have a very happy Easter, and I will be back with you next Saturday. Bye. Or I'll, actually, you can listen anytime. It's when I record them.